Business, the blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the AEC Business Podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen and my guest comes from Denmark. She's Marianne Fries, Head of BIM Management at Architema Architects. Hello Marianne, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I noticed that you've been professionally involved in architecture and technology since the the uh, early 1990s. Yeah. What actually inspired you to combine these two perspectives in your career? Well, um, I would say I started out, I'm, I'm uh, my degree is I'm a Bachelor of Architectural Technology and Construction Management. And uh, I would say for the first 15 years, I, I, I worked as we in Denmark call a constructing architect. And it has given me a chance to work with architecture from sort of a construction point of view, um, in the sense that first you have the creative design, and I see it as equally important to uh, to have the discipline to make the design come to life, knowing about the material, the building material, and the knowledge about buildability. So, uh, and and talking about the technology, I would say that in the beginning, obviously, it was just two D drawings. And then it turned into 2D AutoCADs. In Denmark, we primarily have Autodesk products in the architect business. And uh, then I would say 10, 10 years ago, it turned into 3D. Uh, and uh, at that point in my career, I'd moved from, from working uh, mainly just uh, with, the, with the construction and, and, and design. I moved into management. And then it came upon me to have the responsibility to uh, implement 3D software. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, Denmark had in 2007, we have been uh, had the ma- mandatory demands. Uh, in the beginning, was just state uh, buildings. So it was uh, a demand for every architect and engineer to move into a 3D platform. Uh, so I would say it has given me a chance to understand architecture, construction, and now I have moved and have a focus primarily into implementing and developing 3D working methods, which I find very fascinating, especially from the sort of change management point of view. What is possible? How do we make, how do we make, um, how to say, our buildings and our architecture more um, how yeah, how do you say more, more, more not correct, but in the sense that we can qualify it much more with all the abilities and all the things we can do with the, our 3D models. And also, I see a very interesting sort of development also for the people working, the, all the architects and engineers working with 3D models. You really have the ability to be even more creative, to be even more. Uh, yeah, how do you say it? Uh, even more aware of the of, of all the possibilities that we have, because we have all the fascination of the technology and all the digital development. But we have to keep in mind we are building buildings for people, and uh, we have to make beautiful buildings because they're going to be there for at least hundred years, and uh, and it affect beautiful design affects people as well as ugly design affects people. And mm. uh, so our fascination of, of, of technology should never overshadow the fact that we build for people. And I think also that's sort of one of the sort of main lines in, in Agatema where I work now. 
Yeah, I was just going to ask you, you have the slogan, people in architecture, and maybe you could say a few words about your company. You've, yes. you've been there, there for two years now? Yes, I've been there for two years, and uh, before that I worked uh, 13 years in Smithhammer Lassen, which is, was all, also an architect firm. And uh, I would say Argetim has actually uh, just a 50 years uh, anniversary. And uh, it was started out by five architects who were also friends. And they were focused very much on sort of a humanistic uh, architecture. And I think that DNA and, and that focus is uh, very much still uh, uh, part of the DNA for Argetima. Argetima today is, uh, have location in five different uh, offices in Scandinavia. We have 500 employees, which is uh, make it one of the largest architect firms in, in Denmark. And um, I would say, as you also know, being from Finland, we have mm. a tradition in Scandinavia for having a very flat uh, management structure, which also, uh, as I see it anyway, has a very uh, positive impact on that, that people are much more responsible for, for and can have a much more independent work life. Uh, and that is especially also the case here in, in Argentina. Uh, from my point of view and why I find it so fascinating to, to work here and why I said yes to come because I was very happy where I were, but was actually the chance to be able to make changes. Um, and uh, I would say we're very fortunate in Argentina to have a management, a board of directors who actually have a personal interest in development in digital development and see that also as a very, very important stepping stone in towards moving the company into, how to say, keep keep the architecture DNA intact, making beautiful buildings that can stand outside in the rain, as we often say, mm. um, but at the same time, make sure that our working methods and our sort of uh, thought on take on, on uh, all the time. Uh, digital uh, yeah, ambitions that we have, but also the challenges that await us, um, that, that we are ready for that. So I would say that is something very special for Argentina. And uh, we have a quite large internal uh, budget to develop and, and uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, mm -hmm. sounds very interesting. Um, you you actually mentioned already uh, that in 2007 uh, the 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 architects were required in Denmark to use 3D design. Yeah. Do you uh, does that imply uh, BIM or is it more like the geometrical uh, presentation or is it also the other as aspects of BIM? Uh, in 2007, it was the aspect of the demand for working. There was sort of a ten. I would say demands in in, in this uh, in, in this law, and uh, one of them said we have to work with uh, objects and it has to be structured. Meaning, okay. in in reality, meaning you need to 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 work in a three D model. Yeah. But having said that, in the beginning there were it was just before the the big crisis in, in Denmark as well as the rest of Scandinavia, the rest of the world. Mm. Two thousand eight was a very difficult two thousand nine, very difficult for the business. So meaning that what in the beginning was seen as something going quite quick, it turned out to take at least five years before uh, a large portion of, of the buildings uh, came into 3D. But at the same time in Denmark, we had eight very large hospitals 
uh, and uh, in the reforms, uh, and that was in Danish krona of uh, euros is 40 million uh, billion euros. That's a lot, a lot of money. Uh, no, sorry, 40 million Danish krona, but still, it's a lot of money. Okay, okay. So still, it's a lot of money. And those eight very large hospitals, where the one, or the largest one is here in Oms, is 250,000 square meter hospitals. That mm. has really been the engine in our in our development of BIM. And I think also it's fair to say that Denmark in Europe, in a European context, is is one of the countries that is has. We always talk about sort of the uh, the, uh, the the foundation. How many people can actually work with BIM? And I would say mm. quite a fair amount. I would say definitely, yeah. If you go to Aarhus, especially, I would say ninety percent of everyone is working with BIM. It's very right. very high percent. It's because of these very very large hospitals. Yeah. So you've actually got the critical mass yeah, for for definitely. BIM already. Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking about BIM and your company. How does your your company use BIM and has it changed uh, in any way since you 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 joined in? <laughs> I, would, I would like to say so. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> no, I would say because we have a very large budget, and again because my predecessor, he's been working very hard also to develop and to implement, and also the fact that we have, as I said, board of directors and the whole management team have a very very focused on this. So it's it's been I would say for me quite easy to to step into and fill out the shoes in the sense that we have now we have competence leaders in every in, in all the five offices looking into design and looking into the more construction part of it or the planning uh, and we have I would say at least we work now with databases uh, we have our very last called Argentina catalog. Uh, we work with uh, smaller databases, uh, work smarter. We always find a very catchy name. Communication is part, part of it. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> and then I, I sort of, I always think we shouldn't invent things. But if there's a demand, the ball, we always say we need to get the balls rolling in the sense that if there's a demand, then we uh, then we act on it. So we have we have chosen to develop into, we have designed the very early stages we have in one of the few uh, offices in Denmark. We now have all our all our sketching architects working in Revit, which is not easy. A lot of people say, you know, Rhino and all the other um, software are more suitable for the early sketches. But we have sort of cracked the code, meaning we use Revit as sort of the main road, and then we have a lot of other different software around it. We can do mm-hmm. all sorts of things. We have VR glasses. We have our Enscape. We have there happens so many things in, in in sort of the early stages. The competition department. Then we have urban, urban landscape. We have started up there. Uh, then we have transformation. We also work, you know, heavily in, in that area. And then we have the largest area, of course, which is the uh, which is the um, the planning, the parent planning division, where most people are employed. Uh, and there we work. I would say 100. percent then we have the whole management, you know, the project leaders and, and what software do they use on building sites. So we try to look at it as 360-degree angle, uh, meaning we have a lot of different smaller, um, uh, what do you say, uh, research and development projects uh, going on. And then we have, we, we, we look at also implementation as a sort of a six-year, six-month period. We have a whole year uh, strategy. 
and a two year and a three year. And then every six months we look at it, we look at it again and see how much did we manage to make, how much how much was the success, where, where didn't we where didn't we succeed? Why did we do that? And then we start up again after the summer break and they're good. Now the next five, six weeks months, mm-hmm. sorry, mm-hmm. we're gonna focus on this and this is because things changes during a year. And during mm. six months, you know, you might mm. have gotten in a big contract of something that means, ah, now I have a chance to develop this. One of the things we're going to look very much into in the future is the whole automation. We're working with Dynamo and all the other things, but how can we make it an even more part of, of the way we work? So, so I would say every time someone in Danish would say raise the flag if someone say ah oh, I have a good idea we look at it we say hmm yeah we can do that and we write sort of one page saying what are you you know what are your ambition how many hours are you supposed to you know spend on it and what is the result going to be and what's the success criteria who is responsible or what's important how are you going to communicate about it and that we have that one page for each of the projects and so meaning people know where to start and where to end and what's expected of them because yes. I think in Augustine as anywhere else, we're always busy. We're yeah. always busy, yeah. you know, with yeah. deadlines yeah. and everything. So, so yeah. have that focus. It's just so important. So you systemized yeah. the process. Very, yes, very, yeah. very yeah. much. Uh, how about you, you? You do basically architectural design and, and planning and so yeah. on. Uh, but you also work with engineers. Yes. And... Uh, how do you see the the uh, collaboration on on beams with other uh, consultants? Uh, I would say, I would say we have a we have very positive uh, collaboration actually with with our engineers uh, and uh, it, I think in Denmark I'm certainly also I'm sure in, in Finland we see a tendency of uh, companies being bought. And uh, Denmark, within the last, I don't know, just since New Year, three companies have been bought, either, you know, often very large engineer companies buying architects. So we see we see sort of, you know, a, a trend, uh, things are going to change. But I would say, you know, basic, we always work together with engineers and we always work with them on, on sort of the, uh, you know, on, on the model side of it. But also, for me personally, a very interesting aspect of this is the contracts. The BIM contracts. How do mm. you actually make sure people understand what they have ordered? And how yeah, do you make yeah. sure, you know, responsibility and, and, and. I mean, that's a whole topic for itself. I won't, you know, I won't go into that now. But just to say that in Denmark, because we have all these years of experience, we are just so focused on making sure that people actually know what they are buying. So mm. we don't get people be the client being disappointed you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and sometimes people knowing a lot being specialist can mm. be actually very difficult for them to communicate with people who haven't had the chance to learn so much about a specific area yeah. so communication between the knowledge and not so knowledge is, is very very important yeah communication is always essential yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, how do you see by the way uh, the the clients, how much uh, value can they get from, uh, f- let's say, from BIM once the project is completed? Is there already a client? Are there clients who can actually uh, utilize that information in their own processes? Well, that's a very very good question. Really a good question. I was saying we have in Denmark, we have quite a few 
very skilled uh, uh, clients, a very large organization of clients who definitely know what they want. Um, and and uh, they, I would say, I think it's fair to say that we need to look at also the, the sort of the value get during during the development of the project. I think also just the client knowing actually what they're getting, a simple thing like the VR glasses and then all the other things is sort of a, a, a it's, it's a way of translating the, the, the more technical parts into actually people, the client being understand what kind of building they are, they're ordering. Uh, so that's one part of it, which I think is, 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 is brings a lot of, the BIM model brings a lot of value into it. Then I would say the whole financing, the 5D time, 4D, 5D also can bring a lot of insight into what building are we actually ordering. I would say when it comes to this sort of more management, facility management afterwards, it's a very difficult area because facility management, I think for a lot of, for a lot of years, I would, I would just say for, for sort of the, the, the sort of state and, and it, it, I'm not saying it's been neglected, but the, the, they don't have that many funds, meaning mm. they're not even some some public clients. They don't even have everything in three D, or they don't even they have everything on paper. And that's a mm. very difficult position for them to be in. What mm. what should they look at? Should they should they look at first of all get everything scanned, and, and actually have things you know digital uh, available, or should mm. they, you know skip all that and just look into their new buildings? You know, so I think it's not easy for them. It really is. Yeah. It's not. So, I see they do everything they can, but mm. but they are different. They they are, and I think also sometimes the model have so much information. We need to look at a serious look into and say, how can you use that data, mm. uh, the client, but also the buildings in you know in in in, in Aarhus or in Copenhagen. Mm. How 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 can that data be used? You know, for for everyone. That's a very interesting aspect. I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, you already mentioned several challenges in in getting the full value out of BIM, but do, do you have something to add? Um, I think I think change management is it's just just a little headline. I think you know we often say that if if everyone was on the same, I think BIM maturity, BIM maturity in in the sense that when I started out ten years ago, eleven years ago with BIM, I thought. People were saying, oh, 20%, uh, what do you say, software and 80% change and, and, you know, the ability to change something. And yeah, yeah, right. I don't even know the software. So in the beginning, that's the main chance. But today I totally agree. And that's the same thing. We are on different, we are on different levels. And I think not, you know, and, and um, but so I think that's one part of it. But I think it's also important just to take one step back and then look on the digital changes has been let's just say for the last five years that is something you know that's sort of an underlining sort of track going underneath everything and i think the building industry have to be very careful just as any other industry not to close on itself but to look at and see all the digital uh, challenges but also possibilities that we have and um so when full value of BIM, is that the full value for, for all the for the architect engineers working during, you know, while they're planning the project? Is it is it the, the, the product that the that the, the client gets? Or is it actually all the data that you deliver within the building that everyone else can use? 
I mean, so what's the full value BIM? Hmm, you know, I see it as being very diverse. And I think in the coming years, it's going to be even more diverse in things, you know, in ways I, I can't even imagine. So, so uh, I think we should, we should look at it with, uh, yeah, from very different angles. Yeah. So, so how do you see the future of BIM, let's say, in three to, to five years? Oh, yeah. Also, very interesting question. I think, um, you know, when I look at blogs and, 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 and read articles and everything, people keep saying the change comes faster and faster and faster. And uh, I would say that I don't, I don't even, I don't think that, that, the, that the building industry have, have really faced any disruption yet. Mm. Because I think I think the changes that are going to come are going to be much larger, and 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 sometimes I, I wonder if where's the disruption going to come from? I don't think it's going to be necessary 3D software because we can we can manage that. We've done that for ten years and, and we're still here. I think it's going to be from 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 totally different angles. It's going to be from from other industries who look into the construction industry and think, hmm. That can be done, you know, a lot smarter. And that's why I think for Akatima, especially, it's so clever that the board of directors have seen that we need to be prepared for this digital challenge that we all and embrace it and see it as something for our advantage and not be afraid of it. Um, so where do I see us being in three and five years? I would say we do the same, but we do a lot more of it. Uh, and I think any other industry that has been disrupted, we see that they produce more and the prices fall. If you look into mm. media, if you look into to, to trading, you know, e-trading e and all these other things, you see more of a product and you see it for less of a price. Yeah, And that would yeah. be very strange if that's not going to happen for our industry as well. Mm, yeah. I Somebody don't know. Said, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen within three or five years. But digital, we just need to keep building beautiful buildings, keep our architecture safe and, and have that sort of a focus because they really have an influence on, on, on the way we live. Yeah. By the way, can you, can you mention some of the projects that your, your company is working on? Or now that use BIM in a special way? Uh, use BIM in a special way. Well, I would say I can't reveal the competitions we're in, yeah. but, uh, but uh, there we always use BIM. Uh, we are part of the team working on the very large hospital in uh, Gerstrup. Uh, there they use BIM in a special way. Well, uh, they have done a lot of analysis and, and, and we have also not a department, but there are people, again, working very much in daylight. Uh, we're just starting to look into sound in the sense of noise from the outside. Okay. Um, yeah, we have yeah wind, daylight and, and all sort of mixture uh, of that. And then, uh, as I said, again, we use our VR glasses quite a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. In uh, our colleagues in uh, Sweden, they work in a very large project. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. No, very, very large project. And there they're looking very much into Dynamo and mm. looking into making catalogs of good examples that people can be inspired from as, again, looking very much into a systemizing way of uh, planning and, and, and modeling. 
there up in, in Sweden, they also have a 3D um, cutter where you, you know, they make the neatest and printer, 3D printer. Uh, mm. They make the models from there. So, okay. so every, you know, every department has sort of a, yeah, their own, their own way. Yeah, I, I, I've been reading about artificial intelligence and machine learning lately, yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm sure that that will come to our industry soon. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> have definitely. you have, had any any no. ex experience yet uh, on that? No, no. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I'm sure I'm sure we will. And yeah. I think also I would just like to add that that the, one of the things I think we have done right in our sort of embracing BIM in Denmark is that we are very good at working together. Collaboration really is a word that we take very seriously. And um, we have uh, we have something called BIM Ops here where everyone comes together. We've been, I think, seven years now, six, seven years. We have conferences and everything. We have something called BIM 7AA, also volunteers, seven architect companies coming together working on type codes, classification codes. We have just started a year ago called BIM and Landscape, where we now have 13 uh, landscape architects. Uh, Agatema alone have 40 uh, landscape architects, so that's why we sort of go in mm. and, mm. again, work on, on, on best practice and, and how, you know, how could we learn together? Because, yeah. because the best, I personally think, the best way I get clever and, and you know, get more inspired is by being with people. Who are just slightly brighter than me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and the best thing you can do is give give your knowledge away, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so I would say, uh, BIM has definitely given that that edge of of collaboration, definitely. Yeah. 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 So, so Marianne, it has been really nice talking with you. And uh, finally, of course, I'd like to, or our listeners would certainly like to know how to contact you. Yeah, well, I have a LinkedIn uh, profile, so you're welcome just to uh, send me a note in there. And, and, uh, and if they're in Denmark, you know, come to our BIMOHUS meetings. It's open. Everyone is, uh, is uh, welcome. So I would say LinkedIn profile is definitely uh, a, a good way to contact, uh, contact All me. All right. Very good, very good. Thank you. You're welcome. It's very interesting. And all the best to your work in the future and, and BIM. Thank you. 